Friends, welcome to Palin' Around, the official Uppercut podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. I'm your host, Ty Gallis-Rowe, and today, it's just me for the Uppercut, uh, and because I'm the only one watching scary movies. Um, but I'm joined by two very special guests. Uh, the first is a writer of queer sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, a comics creator, and the narrative director of Perfect Garbage, it's Emmett Nahil. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Sorry, we try to we try to do the old razzle dazzle on these intros. <laughs> you got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and last but absolutely not least is the writer of the Animal Heads comic, a narrative designer, and the other director of Perfect Garbage. It's Sun M. Hello. Hello. Thanks for How having me. How are you, Sun? I'm making it. Every <laughs> every step is a glorious one. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that you're walking the path of glory. <laughs> um, so we're here today to talk about uh, James Wan's Malignant, which is a a, a, a horror film, certainly. Uh, that just came, it came out this month, right? It's a great. It's a great horror film. It's, it sure is. <laughs> I believe it came out this month. I believe. Yeah, I think it was either like really late September or the very beginning of this month. I'm kind of confused because it had the weird like it's only streaming for a limited amount of time thing mm-hmm. that was kind of confusing. Um, but yeah, I watched it on HBO Max. Did you all stream it or did you like go to a theater? We uh, we watched it together over stream. Um, nice. Yeah. So that was a that was a time. <laughs> September 10th. Yeah, that's last month, I guess. Oh wow! That came out earlier than I thought. Um, it's time is fake. Um, I watched it with my mom, which was, um, I don't know. I live with my parents, so I hang out with my mom a lot. So I've watched a lot of, uh, probably like parent-child inappropriate films with her. Um, but i don't know she's kind of into horror movies even though she doesn't think she is so it was funny watching her watch this as it like she's also a person who likes to talk during movies and like figure out the plot so she was like wait what's happening like every couple minutes and i was like i don't know mom that's why we're watching the movie we gotta wait and see um (laughs) but yeah i guess it's like i kind of praised it as like a take on like revenge and body horror um I'm curious to see, like, what what did you all think of it in terms of, like, horror genre, I guess? Well, first of all, your mom is, uh, your mom is so valid because literally all we do, the two of us, whenever we watch movies together, is just, like, talk through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's where I get it from, too. But yeah, she's just like, wait, who is that? And I'm like, I don't know, mom. They haven't said yet. I just, if you want to know real pain, have... Emmett and I watch The Lighthouse because you'll have Emmett going, this is great. And me going, I don't understand. Please explain what's happening to me. (laughs) Uh, Listen, it's uh, sometimes you have to, if it's like a movie where like you get the gist, at least for me, where you have to like give in to like whatever the movie is just like washing over you, then I'll just be like, shut up, we're watching a movie. But if not, like, with Malignant, we literally just sat there and we're trying to, like, guess the entire time, like, what was going on because it is that kind of movie. Like, I don't know, to, 
talking about it from like a genre angle, like you're totally right. It's like uh, uh, this mashup of, I guess, revenge and body horror, but also kind of comedy. Uh, I loved it um, as a caveat up top. It's like, I, I loved the weird, uh, I love the weird blend of stuff that uh, yeah. Mr. Wan had going on. <laughs> I feel like if nothing else, it's very aware that it's like a horror film and is like purposefully being like, oh, you've seen one of these. Like, here is the things that you will like. Um, which I don't know if I liked, actually. The more I've thought about it, the more I'm like, I get what you were doing and I think I appreciate it. But I don't know if I cared for it. I think that, like, the movie sets its tone in the first five minutes when she looks at the camera and says it's time to cut the cancer out. Um, and as soon as I heard that line, I knew exactly <laughs> the kind of experience I was going to have. So I actually, I actually didn't mind it. I, I love, like, it felt like a big love letter to just ham-fisted horror. Mm. Uh, and I, this is going to be something weird, but I was so impressed with the transitions in that movie. <laughs> Every scene transition was like mostly, for the most part, well done. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, it lends itself to the genre where they're just kind of like, I wonder what they're doing. And then it cuts to what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. Uh, so I found myself like I wouldn't rank it as like this is a movie that's going to make you feel something. Um, but I would definitely rank it as this is a movie that's going to keep you excited. <laughs> It was definitely very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way that I was like, I don't want to call it like a full on because it wasn't like satirical really. And it definitely wasn't full on like comedy by any stretch of the imagination. But like there was enough there that when you sit back and actually like look at what is being presented, like it is a little bit goofy, but the scares to me, were still very effective. Like, there are some shots in there that were really incredibly good. There is some really, like, finely done stuff in there, which I think is what Sun was talking about as well with the transitions, too. Yeah, like, yeah. there was clearly love in the shots. Like, the cinematography had love. We can ignore the filter that was on the whole movie. <laughs> That's just James Bond filter. Like, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. When he picked up, uh, when the the evil character of the movie. I don't know if I want to spoil. <laughs> oh, it's a spoiler cast. So yeah. Oh, okay. So full when, spoilers. Go nuts. When Gabriel, <laughs> the malignant, um, picked up the uh, surgery surgeon's trophy and like shined it, I was like, "This is amazing. This is what I want. This is what I want to see." Second, I saw that trophy. I was like, "That's gonna be a knife." <laughs> right. It's great. <laughs> I also liked. There's a scene. I'm just remembering now that, like, you know how the detective enters, like, the bathroom and then Gabriel kind of stumbles, fights him? It's, like, not well, like, it's not, it's intentionally messy in that scene. And it gave me such, like, 90s scream, tripping over the couch to kill someone <laughs> energy. I don't know. There were little things like that that I just really loved. Yeah. yeah. I think it's definitely a film that's, like, very much an homage to, like, other films. Um which I liked. I had fun watching it. I think the thing that kind of fucked it up for me a little bit was, like you said, Sun, right? So the movie starts out with the whole, like, kind of, like, Dead Space-esque, like, something has gotten out and is murdering everybody in a lab thing. And then, like, you know, she says that we have to cut out the cancer. And then the actress who plays Madison 
to me, felt like she was trying to be Tony Collette, like, way too much. And I was like, ma'am, this is not what this film is about. We're not talking about your, you know, witch, grandma, demon house. Like, this is much schlockier, and I would appreciate if you were a little less serious. That kind of... That, like, sold it to me, though, to be honest. Like, I I kind of, you know, I wouldn't want somebody who was, like, too aware of the fact that, like, this movie is not hereditary. You know what I mean? Like, I want, in in this context, somebody who's, like, acting their ass off. (laughs) I I don't know why. It just was, like, it was too, like, sad and scared for me. I don't know what it was. It was too. It was too Co- Tony Collette hereditary for me in a way that I was like, "You have a man who is a backwards face coming out of your head." Like, there's I don't know. There was a disconnect for me between like the campiness, I guess, of the two characters. Speaking of which, I'm gonna be honest. Emin and I did predict a lot, but that scene when we finally realized like Gabriel's at the back of her head, I thought was really good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. because i hadn't like seen it until they put that vhs tape and then we saw it and i was like oh my god <laughs> um so the reason i brought that up is the whole time i couldn't look at her acting because i kept getting distracted by the fact that she was wearing that wig mm-hmm. hyper focusing on it <laughs> i was like why couldn't she just dye her hair emmett like the whole movie <laughs> i feel like she just genuinely needed like more hair on her head to like do the reveal of a whole other face back there i was wondering when i was watching it if they had that prosthetic on her the whole time because if so that that's that's commitment i love that (laughs) also the backwards fight scene (laughs) yeah i like i think that was my favorite part of like in terms of the right the the mystery of the movie i guess in terms of like you know what the connection between Gabriel and Madison is and all of that. I think the the little hints of like when, you know, the killer like breaks her husband's neck and all of that and they're like it's weird it seems like somebody did, would have had to do it like hanging from the ceiling. I kind of like that as like the first like seeding of like what is actually going on just because I was like and like you see it right in the scene like the thing is backwards and you're like what the fuck is up with that? You're like oh, I guess it's just like I don't know, some grudge shit or whatever. And then it turns out it's like, no, it's because, you know, there's a man on the back of her head that's piloting her body like a mech. (laughs) I I, I love it. Honestly, like, I really thought that it had, like, some of the more interesting monster design that I've seen in a while, actually. Like, (laughs) I'll, I'll, like, the shocky shit aside, like, the first part where you see, like, the weird backwards movement, which is, like, something that we've kind of seen in other contexts, right? Um, but I, I just think the design of that is still, like, legitimately very scary, which, again, like, I think it, it it brings in elements of comedy while also not, like, I don't know, it still respects, like, the, like, actually horrifying, like, horror elements. Like, the, there are some jump scares in there that really got me. And obviously, like, the body horror, like, the scene in the uh, jail cell where... Uh, Gabriel goes uh, buck fucking wild. Um, sorry, I yeah. don't know if we can cuss on this show. But, oh, please do. Yeah. Uh, where it goes buck wild. Um, it's like it that is legitimately freaky and like legitimately extremely good like use of gore and body horror to me. 
Yeah, I think the bo- the body horror stuff, I think, in this movie was the strongest part of it for me, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Just, like, like, when you see them doing the surgery and stuff to, like, remove Gabriel off of her back and stuff. Like, I can't, I am uh, not good with flesh. Um, I, I passed out in my anatomy class in high school watching an album <laughs> reconstruction surgery video. Um, so that's, uh, but I still really like body horror despite that. Um, so I couldn't like watch, watch that part, but I was like, this is disgusting and awful. And I think it is adding so much to the like narrative of Gabriel being so pissed off and Madison just like not knowing what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Uh, son, as the local scientist, uh, what what did you think of? That? Can't stuff that much brain back in the skull. I was like, oh my god, she's gonna hemorrhage. Yeah, that was that was kind of when she was like, we suppressed it into the back of her skull. I was like, what? You put a whole man in there? I'm just like applauding, like yes, give me more. I would just shove it back in there. Absolutely, it's I believe fucking- it. I have I don't know why this this movie gave me extreme Kingdom Hearts brain and there's like a quote from one of those games that's like oh no they put bugs in him and that's the whole thing I was thinking while watching that part I was like they're just just putting the bug right in there just smushing it in if there is like one good thing I can also add about this movie I again I, I really it's the cinematography for me that was like surprisingly efficient the lighting they did a really good job with the use of red lighting in mm-hmm. this film and when red lighting appears, like it's very traditional, you know, very horror movie. But like when that, you know, ex-surgeon was going to his closet and the red lighting from the window from a neon light and all those scenes that had that red lighting. When, you're, you know, Gabriel was about to murder. I, I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the cinematography felt really efficient. Like, yeah, the script very hemphisted and the acting <laughs> could be talked about. But like the shot direction i thought was like pretty great or when she goes into those dreams and she's on the floor the one they use in the trailer and the camera like does like a 180 around her mm-hmm. it's or when she was looking at the washing machine i know we both freaked out about that shot yeah yeah the washing machine shot is really fucking cool yeah. there's just like some I... weirdly cool shots in this mm-hmm. movie like, I also like, think it's like weirdly scary too, considering like it's not, you know, like a jump or anything, but it's just the way that shot like moves into like the super, well, supernatural, I guess, mm-hmm. shit in the movie is just like very unnerving. Yeah, like the way, like, off of that, what I thought a lot about in the context of like all of those super creepy initial shots is the fact that like. Yes, we know that there's like a medical angle to it from jump from like the opening scene. But for me, I mean, maybe I'm dumb. You kind of legitimately don't know what like the source of the horror is exactly until later on. Like that kind of mm-hmm. uh the the you think it's like a possession narrative or a haunting at some point and then it's like, "Oh no, it is a possession narrative. It's just like made extremely literal you know like yeah it's also like um what is it it's like a god i just completely lost the term that i was gonna use but it's like it's it's like the fucking like the grudge or something is in her house and then all of a sudden no it turns out that man is inside the house of her of her brain yeah it's like i think we even guess like 
possession or twins like at the very beginning yeah. yes yeah. and then yes. boom <laughs> I, I like how the the movie plays with that too in terms of like when they bring up the fact like oh madison was adopted maybe she could have a twin brother and then they're like no they would have told us if she had a twin brother when they were trying to place her with us and blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like well turns out he was hitchhiking in her skull um I also like to the kind of impetus for the horror is the domestic violence incident. Um, mm. Cause I think that's like, I don't know that it's saying that much, but I think it was interesting that like, you know, this real life horror brought out this like awful thing inside of her literally. Um, and then I don't know. How did you all feel about the later reveals of the movie in terms of like the, um, the miscarriages and whatnot it was eating the mist it was eating the babies <laughs> okay so i'm gonna be honest i didn't bat an eye to it because it's such a common parasite trope in horror yeah. um like like not but i mean bad in eyes i didn't i guess analyze it that deeply um only because i love parasite horror i love pandemic horror and i love space horror and there's one thing consistent in all of those and something's wrong with the pregnancy <laughs> like that is a constant theme um so i think when i heard it i was like that's pretty wicked <laughs> glad he was eating yeah. the children um but i also think that if we're talking about womanhood quote unquote right and to be like pregnant and to give birth or or what expectations are for people who want to identify as a mom things like that i think that the movie doesn't really <laughs> give that much love or attention um or explain of the trauma i think having miscarriages is pretty traumatic yeah um but then again i just recently watched like midnight mass spoiler emmett and uh <laughs> it was eating her babies too <laughs> like it's very common <laughs> what did you think um, about it i think like my thing with it wasn't even um i totally agree with you that i don't think the movie gave enough space to the concept of motherhood especially considering like that's kind of what it's about right yeah, like the start like gabriel is supposedly i found gabriel in the end to be kind of a shitty villain just because like he is that very traditional horror movie like there's not really much depth to him he's just kind of like violent and angry and you know malevolent um <laughs> And, like, I don't know. The movie kind of frames itself as being about motherhood because you see all the things with, you know, Madison's pregnancy. And then Gabriel is supposedly angry at their mother for abandoning them, even though that, like, has two seconds of screen time where they talk about it. <laughs> um, So that was a little d disappointing to me because I feel like it's all over that movie in terms of, like, madison's adoptive mother being the one who ends up being able to like crack what's happening and like there's just moms all over this movie but the movie is not about moms and i but find I that very it, weird like that whole thing especially with like the uh, adoptive mom and the adoptive sister ties into the sort of other half of that which is that your family is the family that like you choose basically and given that like her main, you know, emotional, like, uh, pillars in her life are the adoptive mom and the adoptive sister. And, like, the end scene of the movie, like, reaffirms those relationships as the ones that are the most important and, like, the most, I guess, like, mm -hmm. life-saving. Like, she ends up annihilating 
Gabriel in the end, even though he's literally like the most biologically related to her that like any anything else can be. So I think that's like, I think there's a reason why it kind of doesn't go too, too deep into the idea of like, at least like biological motherhood. I don't know. I think that's like a little bit a part of it, but also I don't like, I didn't expect a lot of deep introspection from, uh, from like these serious topics from this movie, but I appreciate that it could have done some of those things better too. Yeah, I think it's less even that I wanted like introspection. And I think I just wanted the movie to feel like more cohesively like about family, if that mm. makes sense. Because like, I feel like they they do the thing that you said, right, of affirming that the people you choose are your family and stuff. And I feel like all the pieces are there, but I feel they feel kind of discreet to me and that like you find you just get so much information right you because you find out like oh her sister doesn't talk to her or hasn't talked to her in a long time because of the abusive husband and like kind of the same thing with the adoptive mother and then we don't find out until like halfway through the movie that madison has this strong you know yearning for a blood connection um and I, just, I don't know. I just kind of wanted more of that stuff at the front, I think. I feel like it was like, it tried to be like, look, a scary medical thing. And then it was like, actually, it's about found family. And I it's mean, like, I think, I, that's a lot of pivots. I think the way to kind of solve, like, if I had to suggest what would solve that problem is I think that we, can, we tended to diverge to other characters pretty often, mm-hmm. um, in, which interrupts the narrative, right? Because, like, we get that kind of feeling when the sister is going to, like, the asylum and finding the VHS tape and coming home and, you know, like, doing the legwork. Yeah, that felt like um, kind of a different movie. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was so funny to me. I don't know why. The CGI, like, Arkham I, Asylum I, fucking I castle like, that killed me. <laughs> I was ready for her to fist fight that man in the Arkham Asylum Same. and it did not happen and I was a little disappointed. And she just walks out. I was like, damn, okay. Like, <laughs> Especially, like, there's the part, right, where she hears, like, the scary noise when she's in the dark records basement. And then just nothing happens, and I was like, boo. I wonder if something was cut there, to be honest, because it feels weird that she would just get to walk in and walk out. Well, because, like, yeah, <laughs> it felt very much like the movie being like, oh, you ready? You ready? And then nothing happened. And I was like, okay, that's fine, I guess. I wanted her to fist fight the backwards man, but. Ready to roll for initiative for action sister to <laughs> punch <laughs> something. Another biological experiment, I guess. I don't know stop investigating no more investigation role now you have to fight <laughs> sorry said i feel like w- w- what were you saying else about it? it's okay you know what this is my found family and i have to deal with it <laughs> <laughs> so no what i was just trying to say is that um like there's parts of this movie that felt disjointed in that way when we follow if you want like more family you would have less detective you know what I mean? Like the family would be figured. We'd pull a screen almost, right? Where like the detective is there, but it's very minimal. And it's more so the main, you know, the final girl trying to figure out what's going on or the family trying to figure out what's going on. But I think the movie was really split on who was doing the investigating. Um, because if you really think about it, uh, the Madison, the main girl, is very passive. And I know that mm-hmm. she has to be, you know, to accommodate the, the shock reveal of Gabriel. Um, but everyone around her has to be very active to accommodate that. And I think that's probably why we have that feeling of like, I don't really see the connections. <laughs> Things aren't really growing in that way. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Did you did you two find the detective narrative to be like good or like a fun part of the story? I thought it was cute. I like that everyone liked him. I kept telling Emmett, I'm like, oh, his pheromones. <laughs> everyone who meets him has a crush on him. I I don't love nice movie cops, but like I did like this nice movie cop, you know? <laughs> I feel I like I liked like, him because he kind of didn't feel like a cop. He kind of just felt like <laughs> a man who was there also. This is just some guy, yeah. <laughs> it was like, I, oh, this dude just like has a crush on this blonde girl and has decided to put his, to step out of his lane, like, and mm. also his like sassy friend is there in the background, which they really did lead on the uh, sassy black lady detective oh, a lot. so hard. They did, they did. Um, I, also, I also can't get over the uh, sketch artist being like, here's her in 10 years, and it's the exact <laughs> replica of the actress. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. Like, I get why the detective was there. I understand, like, like someone was saying, you have to have a bunch of people be, like, super active around the main character because of, like, the thrust of the story. Um, I don't... It, I feel like the detective story is, like what made it turn into like kind of a weird action movie for like the middle third of the film mm. um and like i don't know i feel like it didn't uh it didn't bug me but i can understand how it would, it would bug somebody else because if it was more of a straightforward like only a horror movie this is only going to be like about family or whatever you wouldn't have that kind of sequence because it does pretty it does change like the tone of things pretty abruptly in the middle. Um, but I think it was, it made it more fun and more wacky in a way that was kind yes. of refreshing. I don't know. Like <laughs> I had fun that whole like middle sequence where the cop is like chasing uh, Gabriel through the Seattle underground. Cause that's also a weird like thematic theme in the movie that I was like, what are you trying to be us now where they're like look at all of the underground in seattle there's so much history and we've never explored all of it and i was like all right calm all right we have enough things happening in this film um but when they were doing that whole fight scene i was like this is fun and i liked the i feel like that part was necessary just to establish that the whole gabriel and madison can't be in the same place at once thing even though that's obviously uh not actually the case um i truly feel like that was the main purpose of that scene was just to be like somebody saw this man somewhere else when she was at the police station or whatever i don't remember where she is at that moment but mm -hmm. um i don't know yeah i just what did y'all think about gabriel's superpowers that he was strong and backwards and, and he also could control electricity <laughs> <laughs> I okay. had less of a problem with the electricity thing than I did with the fact that, like, he's, like, apparently, even though he's been dormant in someone else's skull for years, he's, like, comes awake and immediately becomes, like, Agent 47. Like, that, I was like, I was like, where did he learn to, how? <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of thing where you either were able to roll with or you weren't. And I immediately was like, yes, get it, yeah, get I it. Like, kind of got knocked loose and uh, he just knows how to fucking dropkick a guy. I love it. I, Fantastic. Like, <laughs> I couldn't. The, the, the sheer, like, 
contrast between how passive Madison is and then just how fucking aggro and wild Gabriel was. Like, I was like, I get what you're doing here. I just, this is just a road that I cannot follow you down. In my, in my humble opinion, I like to imagine Madison just what Madison watched a lot of MMA or like a <laughs> lot of like action movies and just like retain that knowledge. I just like, like rain bandit. I don't know why. I'm like very much that annoying fucking person who like I like the new alien movies because I'm like, yeah, tell me the details about that alien. I want to know how that alien works. Reveal to me the alien. And so then like with this shit, I'm like, why is this man just he's been sleeping and he's also like a little nugget of a human now. He's not even like you know, most of his body got removed, so he's just truly vibing in every sense of the word, and yet he is this master assassin. I had less of a problem with the electricity thing, because I was like, eh, whatever, twins are creepy, they can have psychic powers, whatever. <laughs> but the 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 physical assassinness was too much for me. I was like, no, I don't get this. Also, why was he crunchy? Every time he's Gabriel, the body gets super crunchy. He's literally breaking all of her bones. Yeah, yeah. Is he? I think that's yeah. like the point was that like, like what I'd like to think, I mean, this is not a good answer because we're all in speculation here. But what I think is she actually had like fast regen ability. Like that's like what I think was the Gabriel like whole thing is that he could just regenerate bodily harm very quickly. Oh, is that why he can just, like, get shot a bunch and, like, that's not... What, that's literally, like, in my mind, what was probably happening, only because, like, he didn't need to eat. They talk about the baby and consuming mineral. You know what I mean? So I feel like mm. there's something, like, they were implying was happening genetically. Like a, like a cancer, basically, where, like, cells mm. are multiplying at a rapid rate that, like, he can basically sustain himself. Uh, that's, like, my fake science answer <laughs> to what I think mm. happened there. Um, so I'd like to think that he did like break her body whenever he was doing the backwards thing um, every time and it just corrected, which is nuts. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I hope that's real. <laughs> Call me if it's yeah. real. And I like that theory because I just like when 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 I was watching it, I guess in my mind, I was just like he did the whole like Mass Effect assuming control thing. And I was just like, so what? When Gabriel's in there, her joints are just like extra crispy. Like... <laughs> Like, whatever, because that's what it felt like, because I didn't really, under, I guess I didn't visually understand the language of, like, bones breaking so much as it just seemed like stretching that was then extra crunchy. Mm. Um, but I like your theory better, I think. I think that was what I liked about the monster design, especially as you can, like, as we saw in the the jail scene, because you kind of see the transformation happening, right? And to me, the, the crunchiness read as, like, like what Sun said, like, her bones literally breaking like bending backwards and shit like that um and i think that's like such a it's such a weird like visceral and like horrifying uh uh image and i feel like that adds to the the horror of it right um but yeah i don't know it's it's again i feel like it's one of those things that you can either sort of like suspend your disbelief yeah suspend your disbelief or not and everyone has different thresholds for that song it's 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 on uh it's on your own plate i feel yeah, yeah, I think I want to I wish I had like more give for this film because I feel like I sound like I didn't like it and I did like it. It's a fun movie. I think I'm also just more used. I haven't watched a silly, silly horror movie in a long time. 
So I think I'm just like not as used to it anymore. Listen, the trick is to watch it with another horror movie buff and then you hype each other up because that's what happened when Evan and I were watching it. We kept getting hyped because we kept saying crazier things. Well, and um, what was so exciting is because we guessed what did we guess in particular? We guessed one of the You literally said possession and I said they're twins. Yeah, no, because that's like the trick that we often do is that one of us guesses what's gonna happen and uh usually one of us is right and it's like the the excitement of like getting those hints and picking up what's going on is always so fun and I feel like that's something that James Wan is kind of not always great at to be honest like I recently rewatched uh the first Conjuring movie and I was like damn this movie's scary but it's really boring like <laughs> I don't know I'm not normally Sorry, yeah. just the hottest of takes is maybe James Wan makes movies that you can talk over. Uh, that's a take. I'm, I'm not mad saying, at it. <laughs> I had a lot of fun chatting while watching it. Yeah, like, I, I mean, loved it. like I love. I feel the... like that's a that's a that's a good. I feel like that's not an insult. Like that's a good space to be in of just like you know people are actively interacting with your thing while they're consuming yeah, take it. Take your friends, watch it, talk about it as you watch it. Like yeah. I feel like the, like that's how that movie played out in my mind because there is these gaps to be like oh this must be what's happening you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and i love that stuff i love that stuff <laughs> yeah and like i feel like the 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 reason why like this movie hit better for me than say like again like the conjuring or like the nun movies or something is because it's doing something very different like it is legitimately mashing together a bunch of shit that like I haven't seen together recently in a in a good long while. Like whereas in some of his other like more conventional movies it's just sort of one thing or the other, you know, it's just uh, you know, a haunting or a possession or whatever and you get Christian superheroes, <laughs> the the Warrens who are like taking care of the thing, but this one it's just like, oh no, it's going to be fucking wild. Like anything that you think you understand about this movie, it's going to be uh, extra extra sauce on top of that. And, like, mm-hmm. I respect that more than, like, yeah, I respect a lot of things. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, like, The Conjuring and The Nun movie, like, those are boring, because, yeah, they're not fun. Like, they're not, they have, they have not a fun bone in their bodies, mm-hmm. um, in their figurative movie bodies, um, which I think is part of why I don't, like, I don't like demon or possession movies very much, or, like, hauntings in the sense of, like, you know, the conjurings or the paranormal activities but i think it's because they are just so like dead set and being actively serious and like this is really really scary and it's like well you could just show me why it's scary like you don't have to like be so insistent on it and like you know the tone and the way that the actors are acting and everything which i feel like is kind of the opposite of what i said about malignant earlier but so maybe my opinion on this is evolving maybe you're just getting hyped maybe I should have watched it with you all. Sarah's <laughs> screaming at full volume over the, over the movie. Um, I, I also think about it a lot. I think about James Wan in particular as sort of, for as as kind of straightforward as like movies like The Conjuring can be, I do think of his movies, and this movie in particular is a bit of an antidote to like, the a 24 fication of horror, to be honest. Like, I love an A24 movie um, more than I love a lot of things. But I feel like there's this kind of 
expectation that, you know, in, you know, new modern horror, it can't be too corny. It has to either be like, you know, Stranger Things, which is like marketed as, you know, kids on bikes, but something horrible is happening, or it has to be a big serious movie. And this kind of sits in that weird in-between space, which I still really enjoy. Um, I don't know. I think I liked it for that reason, too. I felt like it just feels different to have something that isn't a home invasion, serial killer, demonic possession. Like it just felt, I guess, only in comparison to what maybe Emmett and I have been watching at the time, it just felt new or fresh. Mm. Uh, So I think I had a lot more fun with it. I think I actually came off of it watching like Fear Street or something. What did we watch before Melissa? Yeah, we watched Fear Street before. Yeah, because we did Fear Street this and then uh midnight mass <laughs> yeah it's like our moods were like oh by the time we got into yeah <laughs> we we're just so excited to have something fun <laughs> it tells you our hot take on fear street like yeah. <laughs> oh wait what is the hot take on fear street we didn't like it it was bad oh man <laughs> i haven't watched it yet that's a bummer though i'm like i'm behind on the horror television i need to watch midnight mass still Ah, take your time and i guess maybe not fear street i also didn't like midnight mass very much to be honest like (laughs) is midnight mass from the the haunting a hill house people yes it is (laughs) okay so i haven't i watched half of haunting of hill house and half of haunting of bly manor and didn't finish either uh i liked hill house better bly manor was fucking boring um i don't care that there were gays they were boring boring gaze i didn't Um, watch either of them but i did watch midnight mass i I watched till house and it bored me to tears (laughs) i was enjoying hill house to a degree bly manor i thought was extremely fucking boring yeah i I didn't watch bly manor but i've heard the same from it was also i was like i don't know why i don't like horror about kids I guess it's just because, like, I'm like, I know they're creepy. I see them. They say fucked up shit. I don't like like them. (laughs) I don't, like, I know they're scary. I don't need to interact with it. Um, But Bly Manor was very much like, these kids are pretty fucked up, huh? And I was like, I don't care! (laughs) I just, someone else said this first, but um, I agree. Uh, I'm very tired about horror about grief and about how sad everything is <laughs> Babadook? Babadook was like I fucking one of the only what Babadook was one of the only ones to do it well though in my no, personal I hate opinion that move. Uh, all right godspeed but you know I don't know I'm just uh, I'm just tired of like yeah it I'm is I feel like horror. I feel like regardless of how you feel about the Babadook in terms of like its quality um I think it kind of st- set off like the trend of more like mainstream movies or like horror media being like sad shit huh grief Mm. huh okay i i agree and i really think it's like so it's another hot take and is that i just think that people sometimes want to elevate quote-unquote horror to a certain meaning sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's okay like there's some really great like elevated horror i don't know i don't even like these words elevated but you know horror is a pendulum that swings and i think that right now we're in this like swing where 
good horror is often being like equated to high art horror, you know, or mm-hmm. I, I love A24, but A24 horror, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like good horror. Um, and that, and then everything that swings in the other way is suddenly like, oh, this is too campy or this is too silly um, or goofy. And it's so funny to think about because I feel like this pendulum swings differently every few years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, like the announcement for the new Hellraiser, this pendulum's gonna swing. <laughs> God, I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> yeah, the conversation around horror and like what people expect of it is always extremely weird. We did an episode like two years ago about the whole like prestige horror thing and how mm-hmm. that's kind of silly. And I don't know how I feel about it because I do really like horror as like a vehicle for talking about, you know, anxieties, whether they be like personal or social or whatever. But I also don't think that it has to be like, you know, a big like message TM. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of like, quote unquote, campy horror does it, you know, mm-hmm. it's just that they're not doing it in the way that folks like, want to believe is like, high art, you know, that's all I'm trying to say the I, I way think that, oh, go ahead and i was saying i feel like the way that people talk about you know quote-unquote elevated horror which is also not a term that i subscribe to or like to use um it's as if it has to have sort of a elevated you know capital i important message to justify the gore or violence or scariness and i don't believe that to be true like <laughs> i think that you know you don't have to like be doing something important in order to want to make something that's just scary and gory, you know, like, I don't know. It, it It's the kind of weird uh, assignment of value where there doesn't need to be one. And I think that it comes with like a lack of understanding about the genre and what the genre has done in the past too. I think it, and like, I don't know if this is like a weird line to like connect the dots here, but it also kind of feels like that media analysis of like, I don't mean to say this disparagingly, but like kind of the Tumblr era media analysis of like, X thing must have like a message or a moral. And like, I think kind of getting away from the fact that like a lot of art just exists to like kind of work through ideas, but maybe not have an answer at the end. Or, like, mm-hmm. to maybe allow you to have your own answer. Because I think about, like, It Follows, right? And I'm like, that movie is dealing with a lot of things, but I don't know if it has an answer to the questions at the end. Like, I feel like this is a very ambivalent film in its ending. And, like, I don't know. I feel like that's that should be okay and fine. And, like, that's actually kind of an example of, like, an elevated horror movie. I feel like that got to get away with that to a degree. Because I feel like people were kind of just be like, oh, it's about the dangers of sex! Mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's like it's like the difference between people liking like the empty man or people liking um oh i just had it in my head but it's gone but you, it's like the monster is the thing you know is like mm-hmm. the energy <laughs> that those types of films have which is totally fine i actually really like them um but i think that it just i think people need to leave room for other aspects of storytelling or other ways of approaching that kind of theme that isn't so, like, eloquently put, um, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, the thing is, is that I have a hard time with it as well, because number one, I'm a huge, like, 
art house film fucking nerd. Um, and so I really like weird kind of like elevated movies, like in general, like I, I saw a racer at a young age and uh, unfortunately I've never gotten over it. So that's you really why I lighthouse. I do you love, love lighthouse. lighthouse. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's not and that Mandy. I don't. <laughs> Mandy's a good movie. It's, it's okay. Also... It's okay, son. I, I'm with you. I just don't understand. I don't get it either. It's okay. It's fine. But point being is that I like these weird movies with like, you know, somewhat elevated aesthetics. But I think that the leaning, uh, the audience needing there be, the audience needing there to be like a takeaway is not traditionally like what horror has like done in like society, to be honest. Like, I don't think that art teaches lessons in this way. Like, I think for one, as much as Get Out is like an amazing and influential movie, I think people, the audience reception to it, especially like uh, non-Black audience reception to Get Out has been that, well, now horror movies have to have like a social message. And I'm like, I don't think that that's necessarily what Jordan Peele is going for then or now but like reception has been such that it's turned the tide in a way that like i don't know is necessarily useful for like the genre as a whole um and like combine that with again as we've been saying the a 24 of horror and you get sort of an audience expectation for like elevated but like ultimately pedantic movies and i'm like I don't think malignant is either of those things. And that's why I like it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's honestly even part of why the reception to like us was so much more muted compared to get out. Cause people were like, like, what was it about? It wasn't about anything. And I'm like, it was about things and a lot going. I love us. I'm a big us defender. Um, And I feel like, yeah, people just expected it to be get out again. And it was Mm. like, no, it's doing something different this time. Like, the, the, the director could do something different and also like horror movies don't all have to do the same thing over and over again um which is interesting have either of you heard of or played the let's meet adam games not they're i don't know that i recommend them but they're very interesting they're like gay bara horror games um and the first one is like very much an escape room thing, and then the next, second one is like a murder mystery with an escape room if you get the right ending. Um, but those are interesting because they very much are like trying to have a social statement through the lens of this horror and stuff, and I think it works well in that way. But it also still kind of comes off as preachy, and like you can tell that's what it's doing. And so I don't really understand like why people want that all the time. I think we can talk about this forever. I know we're here to talk about malignant, so I might steer us back to malignant. But like, I just think that different mediums do different things in different ways and can showcase these different experiences, which is what I think horror is. Horror is meant to give you an experience. Whether that's a message at the end is up to the experience that you're getting, um, not so much to be the expected. Um, but uh, I think that. Everyone likes horror and everyone has different thresholds for horror uh, in different ways. Like I know that you said that uh, there's some things in Malignant 
the way that they handled it that's just not your cup of tea for how horror should be done versus like Emmett's love for the lighthouse saying it again <laughs> uh everybody's different um and i think that when that stops being like a definitive point of what makes good horror i think is way better <laughs> yeah like the technical only definition for horror is that it needs to like be a a story or a piece of art with the intent to continually scare you like i think a lot about um and again this is not an original thought at all some i got this from someplace and i don't know where but like i think a lot about the fact that uh comedy and horror are the only two specific like genres of uh art or fiction that like mean to get a strictly physical reaction out of you comedy laughter horror you know goosebumps getting you to jump stuff like that and i think contextualizing it in that lens rather than well it has to be scary but also it should be telling me something in a societal critique way is like taking the former definition is a lot more fun for me than the latter yeah great job emmett (laughs) thanks (laughs) yeah and it's 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 yeah it's tricky because i i do like when horror can be used to talk about something but i think it's kind of the same way where i have an aversion to games lately that are kind of marketed as like being emotional or like meant to make you feel something i'm like i don't the oscar bait game yes yes (laughs) i don't and it's nothing against these games. I get it. Folks got to do their PR. I understand. There's a real hunger for games that make you feel something other than being a sad dad. I get it. It's just I don't want it anywhere near me. Um, Because I just like if a thing is going to make me feel a thing, I just want it to do that through its writing or its storytelling, I guess. And so like, that's kind of just my approach to most media, I guess, is I'm like, I just want you to just like do your thing. And if I feel a thing or like think about something because of that, like sick but I don't want you purposefully coming for my feelings or thoughts. Yeah, I think that, like, in in that way, like, horror and games have a lot in common um, because both, I would say, have had trouble being seen as art from people on the outside. And -hmm. I think that's sort of where a lot of that comes from and why we are in this sort of period of, like, no, 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 horror is elevated or, like, no, 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 games make you feel deep thing. Um, And I, I don't think those two things are unrelated. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, was there anything else that either of you wanted to, like, you know, talk about or throw out about Malignant before we kind of wrap things up? I love that the sisters won in the end. I'm so into, like, supportive, like, friendships that managed to survive, especially horror. I was very happy about that. It was very good. It was very good. She's lifted that hospital bed. Amazing. Stellar. (laughs) That part, I was like, shut the fuck up, Madison. But she was like, it's always been my body. I was like, where was this attitude like an hour ago? Nah, I loved it. Amazing. She like, <laughs> developed the personality in like one scene. It was great. So bad. So she, she psychically beat him down. I was like, hell yeah. Um, also, my only last note is that uh, there's absolutely a uh, uh, gender angle that we can be talking about. Oh, but that would be like another... Yeah, you know, there's a man inside you. Yeah, classic. Um, but we don't necessarily have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack there with the fact that she locks him in a mind prison at the end. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. That's just like, a, I don't think that that was what the movie was like trying to go for at all. I just think it's a fun mental exercise to think about those things. Um, but <laughs> I mean, hey, I just wrote about, fuck it. I wrote like 900 words about why Kingdom Hearts 3 did this better than Malignant. So like, I feel you on the thought experience. <laughs> Eddie, well, thank you both for coming and having this chat with me. It was really fun. Thanks oh, for having us. No worries. We love it. Listen, if you ever want horror movie conversations, I'm losing the English language. Uh, Emma and I watch them together a lot and <laughs> we tend to get excited about them. Okay, hell yeah. I want to yell up. Listening yeah, I... <laughs> just so that I understand that we spent like an hour and a half like beating you down on why Malignant is a good movie actually, but <laughs> No, I, I liked it. I mean, I like I said, I had fun with Malignant. I thought it was a fun movie. I enjoyed my time with it. And anything that makes me think enough to write a piece, I'm like, yeah, that was a W for me. But I got some issues with it. I mean, it's got a 6.3 out of 10 rating, so we'll take what we can get. Oh, well. (laughs) Can't win them all. Yeah, you can't win them all. And I mean, that's I also just, I don't know what it is. Most of the horror stuff that I've watched lately, I've been like, I don't like that. Me and Ari Aster, we're beefing. I don't like either of his films. I think that man is boring um but that that can be a conversation for a different time um emmett where can people find you and your work and all of that uh uh unfortunately i'm terminally online um so you can <laughs> find me on twitter.com at underscore emnays e-m-n-a-y-s you can follow me there um i also have a website which is just www.emmettnahill.com and uh yeah that's it other than that uh you can find me working at uh, uh perfect garbage studios as well uh with this one over here me speaking speaking yeah. of that one hey son <laughs> where can people hey. find you and your stuff uh i'm not online all the time i'm cool just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm pretty online. We're mutuals, son. I don't know. Yeah, about I have, that. I have, a, I have, I have manic swings of lots of tweets in a very short amount of time. Um, but yeah, you can find me um, on Twitter at Bog Boogie, B O G B O O G I E. My website is the Boglands, um, so B O G L A N D S dot com. Um, and you can also find me at Perfect Garbo. And you should check out Perfect Garbage anyway. We're on Twitter as Perfect Garbo. Uh, we're uh, debuting with our game Love Shore, and we have something really cool in the works. So check us out. Yes, do. Hell yeah. Um, and that's going to do it for this episode of Palin Around. I am a fool, and I closed my outro script. Um, uh, so you can find me at a woth keeper on twitter and instagram palin around is a product of uppercut which you can find on all social media at uppercut crit and uppercutcrit.com or dot gay if you're feeling feisty if you'd like to hang out with the uppercut crew feel free to join our discord as always the link is in the episode description and if you like the show please be sure to rate and review it on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and if you just can't get enough Head on over to patreon.com slash uppercutcrit and toss a couple of bucks our way to get it early or even get your name read at the end, just like these folks here. Oh, we have Kayla, Santi Laguiza, Justin Drew, Third Avenue Anti-Capitalist, Katie Mayer, Brian Hutchings, Cody Peters, Darren, JT, Hannah Kim, Matt Burr, Jordan Ramey, Dale, Adam Manahan, 
Wheels, Jesse Vitelli, GameCrash.co.uk, Adept7777, Optional Objectives, Kenneth Shepard, Lucas Lyon, Eli Berg Moss, Jason Coles, Adrian A. Rock Williams, Matthew Flowers, Andrew Sherman, Colton Crow, Jesse Peterson, Jared Shu, DJ Kento, Cam Koenig, Quentin Hoffman, and Mikey Phillips. Thank <laughs> you.